I had to smile a little bit when we uh, started saying we needed prayer. This, this, this. Um, and I remember way back when, before Crosswave was pre Crosswave, we had uh, Mark did this this little thing with us where everybody had to tell Mark what they wanted at the same time. And he he said that he couldn't he couldn't hear any of it. But he said, God heard it all. And God's not overwhelmed if we were to have a hundred things we said this morning. It's like, just bring it on. He delights in it. He does. He delights in, in, you know, if he can, if he can conquer death, all these other things are light things for him. You know, he, he probably can just whisper an answer. You know, he doesn't have to really use a, a lot of his voice for that. The other thing before we started, um, if you have Spotify on your phone and you search Go Tell It on the Mountain, then listen to uh, Zachary Williams. It's a little bit more upbeat. Uh, and if you and I'd like for Pat to be able to hear that before you leave this morning. I forgot my phone, but I, or I would do it. But Go Tell It on the Mountain, Zachary Williams, and see what you think. Um, I'm so glad we're singing Christmas songs. Because we're going to stay on Christmas today. You know, it's, it's a perfect Sunday to look forward and anticipate, you know, what we, we really need to be hopeful and expectant for. But I still want to kind of stay where I am for a little bit, at least to January 6th. I mean, that's, you know, that works. Um, the last time that we had church here, Randy spoke and he spoke about Advent. It was the Advent Sunday for love, but he spoke on Advent and, and talked about the, the origin of it, the meaning of it, and some of the special things, information about the shepherds. But you know, remember what he said Advent meant was the coming. It's the coming. And so the people of Israel have been looking for the coming for years and years. The coming of the long-awaited Messiah, the promised deliverer of the Jews, and the coming king out of David's lineage. All these things, the lamb who would take away the sins of the world, um, and this shepherd who would guide and care for his people. All these things were promised. You know, if you read through the Old Testament and the prophecies and everything. Well, guess what? He did come. (laughs) He did come because we sang about it this morning. Um, and when did he come? Does anybody remember when he came? Exactly. Galatians 4 4 says this, but when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Uh, Paul speaking out of Ephesians says, God made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, he set forth in Jesus regarding God's plan of the fullness of the times to bring all things together in Christ. And so this was, it was a date, but it was also this Kairos moment. It was this extraordinary time that came, um, it's almost like time stands still in, in a sense. 
in those kind of moments. Um, and so that's what Karis is. It's this opportune, extraordinary time. And I want to talk about that a little bit this morning as we, as we continue to kind of look back and, and hear again part of the Christmas story. Um, a lot of it's going to be, um, scriptures that you heard once or twice already in the last 30 days, maybe read yourself, but listen for something new that God might want to share with you about that. Um, and so I, I remembered early on in my devotions over this Advent time, I, I came across this story, a little bitty story that I want to read to you. It's, it's a, somebody's observation of an account of a five-year-old telling the Christmas story. And so I want you to try to get this little girl's in your mind what she might have looked like as I read this to you. She was five, sure of the facts, and recited them with slow solemnity, convinced every word was revelation. You ever met a, any kid like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she said this. They were so poor. They had only peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to eat. They went a long way from home, but they didn't get lost. The lady rode a donkey. The man walked. And the baby was inside the lady. They had to stay in a stable with an ox and an ass. (laughs) But the three rich men found them because a star lighted the roof. Shepherds came and you could pet the sheep, but you could not feed them. Then the baby was born. And do you know who he was? Her little eyes got as big as a saucer. The baby was God. And she jumped in the air, whirled around, and dove into the sofa and buried her head under the cushion. Which is the only proper response to the good news of the incarnation. There's a lot of theology there. For me, the baby was God has hit me yet again. I mean, we know this, but when it really penetrates for the second or third time here, I... (laughs) I broke down and cried every time I read that. God, you really came to earth. I was reading another thing that, because uh, you said something about him stooping so low. Now, we're talking about the Trinity, who's watched over creation and made it known to us that none seek God. No, not one. And this phrase also hit me. Does anybody know what a lentil is? A lentil is something that spans across and, and, and allows there to be an opening under it. This, this phrase said, and Jesus came into the low lentil of man's heart. I thought, wow. 
That is humble. That is a humble, humble son of God. So this morning, I want to look at the change from the promise. This promise that was given in many, many ways to where it became an invitation. It became the invitation of come and see. And we're going to look through this story and see that. I hope we see it as we look back through this. Um, so it had just been a promise and a promise and a promise. And then to Mary and to Joseph and to Zacharias, they had an invitation. Come and see. But it was first to the angels. It's not so much those words. It was you will find. But that's their way of saying, come and see. So let's read it again. Luke 2, 8 through 18. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I should be able to quote this by now after 70 years. <laughs> and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round them and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of a great joy which shall come to you and which shall be for all people. For there is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were being told by the shepherds. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the crowdfunding video, The Shepherds. I guess it was pre precursor to The Chosen or something. If you can watch that without getting all wrapped up mentally, and that's not that's not scriptural and all that stuff, but just watch it for the the life part of it. Um, it it does try to portray the mystery and the wonder of it all. So um, if you you know if you're if you're going to be beating it up because they didn't do something right, don't watch it. But if you can just enter in, uh, it helps really see how amazing the story is and what a wonder it was for the shepherds to be the first ones told. Emmanuel, his name shall be what? Emmanuel, God with us. The ruler who loves righteousness and justice, the deliverer who takes up a cause of the, of the, of the widow and the orphan and the poor and the sojourner. That God 
has come close. He comes to be with Emmanuel. And he comes close to us today by his spirit. And not to us as we should be, but as we are. Thank goodness. He receives us as we are. Unlike the world says, you just can stay that way. God's love has an agenda, and it's to make you more like him. He will receive you as you are, and his love, if you receive it like he gives it, will more and more reflect the character he has. So the angel invited the shepherds to see a child a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This one's kind of interesting. The star invited the wise men to come and see a king. Actually, it's the king of kings. Little did they know who they were going to see. Scripture is Matthew 2, 9 through 11. And behold, the star which had seen, they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Imagine traveling like they did on the whim of a star. And then they get there. It's a very unremarkable place. Where's the king? Unremarkable circumstances. Possibly in a whole nother country. And they fell down and worshipped him. So, how did they know? Well, there was a mention of a star... 1,400 years earlier by a false prophet named Balaam. If you want to go back and read, which I I look at this. Sometimes, you know, you wonder why there are certain things given so much space in the Bible when all that could be said, four whole chapters on Balaam. And um, so after the third time trying to buy Balaam, to curse the Israelites, the king of Moab asked this third time and Balaam, in part of his response, said this, I see him, but not now. I look at him, but not near. A star shall appear from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel. This was spoken in a foreign land, and I suspect somehow or another that was carried forward all those years, all those years. And these guys think, I think we've got the star. And they put down everything and followed that star. Um, they had, they had no idea other than it was supposed to be a great king. <clears throat> and it was a baby. And they fell down and worshiped him. That is a measure of faith. Um, and you know, they, they really kind of provide a map for you and me. 
Um, what else are we supposed to do? God's gifted us all with gifts. Is to lay those gifts down before him in whatever way he shows us. And worship him. Kneel and worship him. What other way is there to live other than that? The Spirit of God invites Simeon and says, Come and see a light for the Gentiles and the glory of his people. The scripture is Luke 2, 25 through 33. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. I don't think that happened to a lot of people back in this time. But the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. I'm like, come with me. This is where we're going today. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arm and blessed God. He blessed God. He didn't bless the kid. He blessed God and said this, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things that were spoken. That's it. That was the invitations. And we know nothing else about Jesus' life until he stands up in the temple and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Reads out of Isaiah. Except two, two verses. Two verses. Luke 2.40 says this. Now the child continued to grow and to become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now this is something I didn't even realize, but 12 verses later, it essentially says the same thing. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Well, the invitation continued to come and see. In John 1, 43 through 49, it says this. Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And then Nathanael said to him, is there anything good that can come from Nazareth? So how did Philip respond to him? Come on, you got to know this. What was it? Good, we're getting somewhere. That's great. He said, come and see. <laughs> Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him and said, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, 
You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. So two men, just minding their business, walking along. Each of them run into this person called Jesus at a different time. It was a charismatic moment. Anytime you run into Jesus is a charismatic moment. Because it requires a response. You either put it off, reject it, or you say, tell me more. You know? Um, and in this case, they listened. They listened and they believed. Um, there was another charismatic moment. This time, it was for a Samaritan woman. And she said, come and see to a whole town. To a whole town, John four twenty eight through 30. The woman then left her water pot after her charismoma with this one who gave her hope and told her about worship and offered her true life. She left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Well, we know what happened. They invited him to stay for uh, a couple of days. And I had to smile when I read this because I remember uh, that Mary made this comment about watching the chosen. Because these were Samaritans and his disciples were Jews. So they had to get used to different what is he doing staying here for two days? I thought we were going you know, back into the, our country. This lady was in a desperate place. She was marginalized. She was ostracized. Here she is coming to the well in the hot part of the day. That's supposed to be something that the communion of women do, and they do it in the early part of the day, the cool of the day. But no, she, she's not one of them. And they make it known that she's not one of them. And so she comes in the heat of the day. Guess who's sitting at the well? She has a charis moment with, with Jesus. And he offers her this living water that she will have, not have to thirst at all ever again. So this, here's a lady that then goes back and finds the men of the town and says, come and see. There was a newfound boldness in, 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 in hope that she had gotten from this moment with Jesus Christ. And so she became a part, in a way, of his extension of his ministry. And how, how effective was that? If you continue on in John <coughs> and, uh, verse 39, it says this, Now from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him, because of the word the woman testified, he told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with him, and he stayed two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that the this one truly is the savior of the world. Um, shouldn't we follow her example too? Come and see. 
Come and see this man who saw all my brokenness and didn't belittle me. He reached out with tenderness and compassion and drew me in. You know, hearing stories about brokenness where it just ends that way is not really a story. And all of us have these stories the beautiful thing about brokenness, a brokenness story is the compassion and redemption that surrounds it. And we have heard that recently from our own Jessica. Um, God's still working. He's working in all of us. It's just how transparent do we want to be about what that thing is that he's helping us with. And it's so encouraging when you see him at work in another person because it's like, Well, I know he would work in me too. He's no respecter of his children. One last one, okay? John, speaking for all the apostles in 1 John 1, 1 through 4, says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, And our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest and have we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was made known to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Christ Jesus. And these things we write to you that our joy may be full and our joy may be shared with you. So, come and see also has a response to it, doesn't it? And we sang about it already. Go and tell. Go and tell. And so Psalm 66 says this in verse 5. Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for people. And later on in the same psalm it says this. Come and listen. All you who fear God and I will tell you what he did for me. That's what you do. You go find a friend. You go find whoever God directs you and say, well, at least come and listen. Let me tell you what he did for me. You know, there are so many ways that we can worship this coming year. Some of them are the ways we've always worshiped, you know. But I think this invitation for us to come and see. We can we can fall down on our knees and worship him like the wise men. We can bear our head under a cushion, so to speak, at the wonder of the incarnation. You know, Jesus came as a child. So is it such a big thing for him to say to us, Unless you become like this child, which he was holding at the time. That's the beginning of belief. That's the beginning. 
We can praise the Lord and glorify Him like the shepherds did. We can bow our head in peace like Simeon and say, I'm at peace because what you promised, you have done. Has He saved you? Yes. That is, that's the peace that we have. Everything else is icing on the cake. The gift of salvation, no matter the difficulty of the rest of our life or whether it's nice and easy or wonderful, it's just stuff on top. Our assurance is, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What else do you need to know? Maybe the way there is easy. Or maybe the way there is hard. If it's hard, you you press into Jesus in his communion with that. <coughs> so that's what I want to lay out before you. Come and see again the Lord as a baby, as a man. I don't know the theology of what it was the baby God and then the young man God and Jesus, the man God, the God man. But he longs to show us who he is in deeper and deeper ways. It's it's one of these things that you never can get to the end of who he is or any of his attributes. And so it's one of this way. It's, it's a lifelong adventure reading his word. And it's a lifelong adventure to having that revealed to you from, from here and here. And so I just would encourage you as we move into 2023 that the come and see, every time come and see happens, find, find it and be alert to those opportunities that God gives you to go and tell. Let's pray. Lord, the invitation still remains to come and see, but at the same time, there's another advent. There's another promise of your coming. Mm -hmm. And so we find our place, Lord, in the middle. You having come and promised, and we have seen by the power of your Spirit, and yet, Lord, there's another promise. You will come again. And as we live in this place, Father, I pray that you continue to open our eyes more and more to who you are, and more and more, you open our eyes to see what you see. And Lord, that we would see those charismatic moments in our own lives when you're visiting us and in the lives of others when it's an opportune and extraordinary time for them to be invited to come and see. And so, Lord, we just lift up ourselves to you this morning that even in this next year, we would be more and more attuned to you and the work of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, communion is that special time where we do come into the presence of God. Um, Preston, I was thinking as you shared about the Simeon, this old man. Was he was he known in the in the temple as well? He's that old guy that runs and checks out all the babies when they come in. How many times had he looked at an infant and said, "Oh, that's not the one." 
like Samuel when he was going to anoint David and he went through all of the sons of Jesse and says, oh, sorry, not the one. Oh, not the one. Not the one. Six times he said. And then he finally says, isn't there anybody else? I mean, I'm thinking about Simeon. Let me see your baby. Oh, it's not, it's not the one that God promised. Was he known as that old crazy old man that would go run and look at all the babies and And then I was thinking about John. He says, we've seen him. And this is our eyes have looked upon him. And our hands have touched him. You're going to touch the elements of communion here this morning. They, we don't believe that they become the bread and the blood of Christ. But they stand in representation and it's not so much that we touch them, is that they touch us. We consume them. They become us. They that bread's going to become part of you. So basically, I have a prayer here. I'm gonna. I've written it out. I just wanted to pray this prayer. <coughs> And we'll invite you to come. And Preston has, he's got two ways to do this here this morning. One way is pick up a cup and, and a piece of bread. The other way is to dip your bread into the larger cup. And, uh, if you're so brave, that's just the way, we would always do it that way before. So the Lord invites all to come who have <coughs> called upon his name, who are saved by him. He calls us to come and to lift our hearts in thanksgiving to him. And it's good and right to remember his greatness, his humility, and his love for us. So I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to come, and then we'll sing a song. So let us pray. We thank you, Father Almighty, that before creating heaven and earth, before calling light to come into being to overcome darkness, from everlasting past to everlasting future, you alone are God. You never change. You brought forth every form of life on this earth. And you created us in your image. You breathed your breath of life into us. Even as and when we turned away from you and our love for you failed, your love for us remains steadfast and sure and strong. You made a covenant to be our sovereign God. You spoke to us through your holy prophets. You delivered us by faith from captivity of sin. And you filled us with your Holy Spirit that we could abide forever with you. And so with all your people here on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn when they sing as the angels did. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. We say, holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, through whom you revealed yourself as he has become our light and our salvation. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. Just as you sent a star to guide wise men to come to Christ when he was a child. So in every age and throughout all the world, you have led your people out of dark and faraway places to receive your light and your love. It's through your incarnation, life, suffering, death, resurrection, ascension, and the sending of your spirit that you gave birth to your church. You rescued your bride from slavery to sin and the sting of death and purchased her to be yours forever. And on that night in which you gave yourself up for us, you took bread, gave thanks to our God, our Father, broke the bread and gave it to the disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then you took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to your disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the righteousness of saint, for sin, forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Lord, in this new year, as we remember you, And we remember your mighty acts of love. We offer ourselves with thanksgiving as a living sacrifice to you. We ask you to pour your love and your Holy Spirit on us. That we, redeemed by your blood, may continually find our joy in you. And may we go reach others in your name. By your spirit, make us one with you and one with each other and one in ministry to the world. Until you come in your final victory. And we feast at your heavenly banquet. For unto you, God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, be all blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and praise, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. I invite you to come. Partake of these things and remember the goodness of God.